You're listening to Radio Influence. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Life in the Fast Lane. It's your boy, Mr. Black Moses. I really appreciate you guys tuning in and listening and, and checking out the podcast, our very first episode. I wanted to give you a little bit of background about myself. You're probably thinking, who is this dude that calls himself Black Moses? Uh, I'm a motor journalist. I'm a publisher. I publish Sport Bikes Inc. magazine. I've been in the industry for just about 20 years. Uh, I'm an all-around good-time guy. Uh, most importantly, though, I'm a rider. I'm a rider, and that's, you know, that's the essence, the essence of of what I do, of, of how I live my life. You know, it's my passion, but it goes it goes beyond that. Any real rider will tell you that it's not something that we do, it's how we live. It's in our bloodstream. So, you know, with that in mind, you know, I, I want to let you know a little bit about me, about myself. I, uh, in my 20 years in the industry, I've had plenty of travel. I've traveled all over the world riding motorcycles, and I've ridden just about every type of motorcycle there is to ride. Uh, I've met some of the most amazing people, some of the most amazing people, uh, and that's through the motorcycle world, the motorcycle industry, the global motorcycle community. I've had a lot, a lot of experiences that most people don't necessarily get to experience. They don't get to partake of or indulge in, but motorcycles have literally allowed me to travel all over the world and do a lot of cool stuff, a lot of cool stuff. Motorcycles, I can honestly say, have enriched my life. And so with that being said, my goal, my mission for Life in the Fast Lane, this podcast series, is to bring you, the listener, the most authentic, organic moto edutainment. That's right. Your boy said moto edutainment. You're going to laugh. You might cry a little bit. You're going to have a good time. It's going to be what the saying is it was the best of times. It was the worst of times, but it was a time. And that's what we're going to do here. We're going to create moments of memories. We're going to build memories. We're going to talk to some amazing people about amazing experiences and all on the basis of the motorcycle. We're going to talk with everyone about everything motorcycles. When I mean everyone, I mean everyone. When I say everything, I mean everything. So please hit that subscribe button and join me on this ride. On this episode, our very first, I needed a proper whole shot. You know, we need to come out strong, you know. So I thought, hmm, who could I get to really help set this thing off right? My guests on this episode are the Texas Tornado, Mr. Colin Edwards, veteran moto journalist, owner and publisher of Throttle Life, my good friend, Mr. Leon Britton. Welcome to Life in the Fast Lane, y'all. Let's ride. My first guest retired from MotoGP Racing in 2014. He's a former World Superbike Champion, 
He's an American racing legend and owner of the Texas Tornado Boot Camp. Please welcome the Texas Tornado, Mr. Colin Edwards. I am here. What's happening, man? What's going on, my friend? How's everything with you? Man, good. Just, you know, Christmas kids and mama and presents and cows and horses and <laughs> farm life. Man, you, you name it. I, uh, I got my hands full. Well, good, man. That's good. It's really good to, to talk to you. I think it's been uh, at least three, four years since we've seen each other. Is that correct? I think the last time we yeah, saw each other, we were at the It's ca- been a while. Obviously, we still keep the contact, a little uh, text here and there. But yeah, as far as actually sitting down and having a chit chat, it's it's been a little while. Yeah, I think the last time that we spent time together, I think I think we bumped we every once in a while I think we bump into each other in the paddock. Um be it at MotoGP, it might have been Austin. Uh the last yeah. time that we actually like passed each other and I gave you a quick, you know, you were you were on the mic, you were busy doing your thing. So, um <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I kind of it's it- it's crazy, you know. I'm tired, so I could actually have time to do stuff that I want to do, and yeah, things I want to build, and think, you know, just stuff. And right. I'm more busy now than I ever was racing. I don't know what the hell happened. It's crazy. Well, you know, you, retirement is it shouldn't be in your vocabulary, man. I mean, I mean, I, I think that'll, <laughs> that'll that'll come later. I mean, just because you retired from the competition aspect of our world you know you're still you're still that guy man you know like you're still you're still you you're still the texas tornado but you know i want to get into where that came from the the, your 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 nickname your moniker the texas tornado how um man you know it's kind of weird because initially when i won i mean i won like 13 national championships in 91 um all and CCS and Weira, and then somebody had coined the phrase "teenage terror" from Texas, and okay. that was kind of on Cycle News. And then, uh, and then, obviously, you're not a teenager forever, so it was kind of a dumbass name to, to <laughs> stick with. So, <laughs> so somewhere down the line, I I want to say maybe Paul Carruthers. I'm not sure. Cycle News. Somewhere down the line, it turned into Texas Tornado, okay. and that just kind of. But that's kind of stuff. Shout out to Paul. Paul, who's with Moto America right now. Really good guy. Solid dude. I stand next to yep. Paul and my credit goes up at least 30 points every time I'm next to that guy. <laughs> He's a good dude. Um, <laughs> he is. Uh, he uh, is. You retired in, was it 2014? 2014 in Indianapolis. That's it. Yeah. You know what's interesting? I You had dinner at what re- you had because actually I was in the same restaurant after you it was Sunday and you walked past me and it was before you and I had actually met and you know I wanted to approach you and say thank you but you had that vibe of just you know what you know I I, I decided because of the look on your face that even as a fan I did I wanted to give you your time I realized that that was a a heavy day, and I did not want to disturb, disrupt, or introduce myself in a way where you will, knowing that I would see you again, I didn't want to be in your head going, this is the guy who came up to me and interrupted my day, you know? But Yeah, um, no stress. It was probably, well, it's not St. Elmo's, it's the other it's one. It's next to um, it. It's right next door, I think. 
Uh, gosh, it's on the tip of my tongue, but it, they got the, uh, the the unbelievable shrimp, uh, yeah. that hot shrimp sauce stuff. Yeah. Well, Anyways, yeah, that was, uh, but that was a day, you know, I mean, it, everything has to come to an end. And that, uh, in India, I'm imagining I was with my kids because they were all there. And yeah, it was just a good family time to hang out and, and uh, enjoy the last race. But it was, uh, yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't have kicked you out of the restaurant if you would have come up to me. Look, bro, I, I, I wasn't sure, so I played it safe. Um, but do you have, you know, obviously that was an iconic day uh, for for yourself, your family. Do you, I'm sure you have a myriad of memories, but if you could give us maybe some, is there a race memory a track memory, a circuit memory uh, from your tenure of, of competition that stands out uh, as a favorite? I think the one that stands out in everybody's mind. I mean, if, if you watch super bikes back in the early two thousands, there's, there's one race that everybody seems to remember. And that was Imola 2002, me and Bayless, mm. um, obviously going there on the weekend whoever won kind of was going to win the championship with only one point between us and uh sorry man i got a horse standing right in front of me on my driveway trying to get this thing out of get out of the way dummy um (laughs) oh that's great man i give her a little bump go on get out of here um anyways yeah that weekend it was just awesome i mean you could cut you could cut the atmosphere with your not with your hand, you know. It was so thick and so much on the line, um, and all the teams involved, and just me and Bayless having so much respect for each other and, and racing clean, and it was just it was one of those weekends. It was awesome. That's great, man. That's great. That sounds like a good memory. That's two thousand and two. That was correct. Yeah. Good yep. stuff, man. Um, that you know that kind of that kind of leads me into you know do you have a favorite track do you have a favorite circuit man i've always gone you know uh it's funny enough i mean phillip island is probably my favorite track of all time if okay. i'm not mistaken if i'm not mistaken i think i only won one race there which as much as i liked it and you know i thought about this years after i used to say all the time oh philip island's my favorite yeah and i thought about it here recently i'm like why the hell do i like it so much i <laughs> only one i only won one race there it's not Is it because it's it was maybe like, it was uh, challenging was it the most did you find it the most challenging for you or was it what was uh, it? man i'm i'm telling you just the people the food the scenery the track itself first gear corner fifth gear corners i mean it has everything. Um, so it's and, the total experience, just, total vibe, right? Oh, total everything. I haven't everything. Yet. I mean, oh, it's so awesome. Everything about it. I mean, it's just a, a if you're a fan of motorcycling, Phillip yeah. Island is is one you got to do just to just to experience it because it's kind of out in the boonies. You know, you're kind of okay. you're you're a bit away, obviously, from Melbourne, but uh, the local people are super nice. Food's good, like I said, and it's just a, it's a fun event. You know, I'm going to have to put that on the Black Moses list to do. There you um, go. <laughs> you, wait, there, give me a give, give me a call. I'll be your tour guide. I'll yo, could you imagine <laughs> the Texas tornado and Black Moses in the land down under? That's a that sitcom. Would be, that'd be a sight to see. That's a buddy <laughs> movie in the making. I'm just saying, that's a buddy cop film in the making right there. <laughs> Um, let's talk about the boot camp. Let's talk about TTBC. How did that 
become what it is. And, and just for our listeners, I mean, my personal experience, I'm a street bike guy. I'm a track guy. And I've never been on a dirt bike until I attended the Texas Tornado Boot Camp. And it changed my my total perspective as a rider. It changed my perspective as a motorcyclist and just opening myself up to a different discipline. If you have not done it, if you haven't heard about it, you need to do some research. You need to go. It is an amazing, amazing experience. So with that introduction, Colin, what is, you know, how was it developed? You know, how did you decide that this is what you wanted to do? Well, let's, uh, a quick story, obviously, um, 91, 92, me and Kenny Jr., Kenny Roberts Jr. were buddies racing against each other. So I went out to his place, and sure enough, this is all they're doing. They're on a little XR100, slick tires on the back, and that was training them. Every day we'd go out and we'd ride dirt track. And Once I got back home, that, you know, in 92, heck, I was only 18 years old. Um, that's all we did. You know, we found a piece of land. um, bought some extra 100s and and we just went out and trained before that it was motocross you know we got motocross but motocross has a tendency of biting back a little Mm -hmm. bit more um and just kind of bike control and skills and throttle and sliding the rear around and losing the front all that kind of was a lot easier to understand on the dirt track bike okay to to translate it to road racing so anyways I bought this piece of land here that the boot camp's on, I think, in 2003. Okay. And, and where is, where is that? What part of Texas is that? It's in uh, it's in Montgomery, Texas. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, my house, I'm in Montgomery, Texas. My house is, too. I'm literally, my house is 10 minutes from it. So. Okay. Um, but it's it was just, uh, I, I bought the piece of land there, and that's all we did. I built a little shop. We kept our toys there. Yeah. We kind of like how Valentino started his gig out. You know, they just bunch of buddies would go out and ride you keep all your bikes at, at the shop and we'll see you next weekend and y'all come right. on back now you're here so it was uh <laughs> and that's that's kind of how it started and then sure enough we're in texas so after we got done riding anybody had any guns we'd break some guns out they shoot some guns blow up some tannerite yeah. up a 55 gallon drum whatever you know and, yeah. and have a have a few beers and it was uh obviously mike myers long time buddy and yeah. road racing friend and, and roommate and all that back in the day he uh he's like man i think if you build it i think they'll come yeah and he had a little bit different idea of like people staying in a hotel and coming out and i thought man if i'm gonna do it a lot of them are gonna be europeans i'm gonna have to build the big arena yeah. uh, have a rain out clause yeah which in texas it actually turns out to be a sun out clause because you get some shade in there so it works pretty good nice um and then I said, you know what? I've been to all these riding schools. I've done it before as guest instructors and all that stuff. And it's always the same story. You show up at 8 o'clock, get a little crappy continental breakfast, you twiddle your thumbs, do a little bit of classroom, jump on the bike, take turns on the track at the 5 o'clock. All right, see you all tomorrow. And right. everybody goes their separate ways. Right. And the motorcycling crowd is pretty small, niche people. So – I didn't, and I've been to those two day events before to where just like you don't really seem to know anybody. You've right. met them, you've hung out with them, but you're not really exchanging emails and, hey, look me up when you come to town. And uh, that's where I said, you know what, I'm building a hotel. 
And it, you know, the hotel you've been in, it looks yep. like old, uh, old Wild West brothel. And that yeah. was kind of how it was <laughs> intended, to, intended to look, you know. So, yeah. And we can sleep 28 people there. Everybody stays together. We play crud at night, drink a few beers, bonfire, whatever it is. And by the time we leave, everybody knows everybody. Everybody's yeah. got phone numbers and emails. And I got a, a quick story, not to take up too much time. No, but take, you, you, had, so like, you, Mr. Mr. Edwards, you can do as you wish. <laughs> do as you wish. We had, we had, I'm telling you, like the first year or second year, we had three Malaysian guys come over, one or two German guys and one guy from England. This is just part of the crowd. Obviously, we had 24 people there, but these were just part of the guys that were, were our clients at that camp. So next thing you know, everybody's exchanged emails. I go to Malaysia that year. That would have been maybe 2012. Okay. And the German guy, one of the German guys and one of the English and the English guy is staying with the Malaysian and his wife's cooking breakfast for him and got a bed and all the whole nine yards. But here's three people from around the world that never would have met. Interesting. You know, never would have met. They all met at the boot camp. And now I saw them the next year and the next year there's, they just go and hang out with their buddies and got free room and board and it's it's just putting people together it's you awesome. know what that that's what and i think that's great that you know you've created something that not only you know instructs but you're creating uh almost a micro community that when yeah. people leave yeah. it goes global and i remember yeah. from my time there you know some of those people i'm still in touch with and some of those people i've put in the magazine in sport bike sync magazine so and then you see them at other race events and it's like, oh, hey, you know, so you really have, uh, you know, I, I my hat's off to you, man. I That was one of the best experiences of my life. You know, ride bikes, shoot guns, yep. drink beer, <laughs> eat barbecue. Like, you know, like, yep. where, where do I sign up? Like, how do you not go? How do you not do that? Uh, so uh, uh, no, I know every, you know, I get people like, how, what's it like? How, what do we do? I said, listen. When you're a kid, you went to Disneyland, right? Just pretend you're a kid again. You're going to Disneyland, and in four days, it'll all be over and be like, damn, when can I come back? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What, you know, like, what's the plan for uh, 2019? Is the schedule out for our listeners? Do is do you have the date set up for uh, next year yet? Yep, yep. TexasTornadoBootCamp.com. we got the schedule on there. I think we're about to release a new-looking website, a completely new website. Um but it's uh, we got obviously the pre code or the post code. Let me back up before that. Uh, middle of February, we've got Racer Camp, which is a seven day camp, and like James Ellison, Peter Hickman, uh, Haslam was there last year. We got a bunch of English BSB guys that come. James Raspoli, yeah, um, Aaron Colton, all those guys. They normally show up for that Racer Camp, yeah, um, and are coming again. Uh, pre coda post coda the, the Grand Prix. Then we've got our Halloween camp, and we're might put a september camp in there we're not 100 percent sure yet okay but on top of all that and we've gone we've gotten to so much corporate stuff now with with bridgestone europe they just left a couple weeks ago they were here bridgestone u.s got a camp oh that's great out. that's great so you're actually doing yeah. that those are extra training camps or like proving grounds for the people who work for these uh corporations to come yeah out? okay it's it's incentives for, you know, it's like their top sellers, Bridgestone Europe guys. Be Like when they were here, you had every single country over there, you had two Austrians and two Finland guys and two Swiss guys. And you you just have a mix of all different kinds of speaking folks. And we have, all have one thing in common, which is 
riding motorcycles and drinking a few beers at night. I love it. I love it, man. <laughs> you know, it's interesting, like, you know, that and I'm only going to bring it up just because I'm a big black guy. Never. <laughs> it never. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> I'm just going to say that, you know, did I have any reservations about anything? And I'm going to be honest, maybe two percent of my soul was concerned. Two percent. Not for my safety or anything like that, but just because I'm a big black guy and those little you I think what was I on a one twenty five? Yeah, well we had the two thirties there also for uh Yeah, I, you are you sure you were on a one twenty five? I was on a little guy because that thing was was <laughs> it was upset. Remember a couple times it wouldn't start, it was just like not today, I'm not hauling his ass around. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like yeah. Yeah. Oh no, man. But we got hey, and that was the thing. The the Europe, the bridge, the bridge on Europe guys that came. They had a bunch of Scandinavians, and these guys are six four, six five, and we have three two thirties, and they all jumped out of the van, and I was like, "Holy Jesus, what are we gonna do with these guys?" <laughs> and they ended up, you know, we got tall seats in the one twenty fives. They were fine. They were they were all just fine. Wow, man. I just I just really I, I got to come back. Um, I'm gonna. You know, I'm going to reach out to you within the next couple of weeks and say, look, you know, let me know if you got space for me, because really, it really did. And, you know, and the one thing is when it really is, besides all the fun, I left that situation with knowledge. I came home and was able to apply things that I learned on the dirt track. I was able to apply it to my track riding, my street riding. So I just felt like this is something, you know, you think that people, oh, you know, no, no, I don't ride dirt. And I'd never ridden dirt before until, you know, your school. But people think that, you know, that's not my thing. I'm a street guy or I'm a track guy. You know, if, well, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, there's there's we have a saying, I can't really remember it right now, but it's you learn everything on the dirt. You show what you learned on the dirt on the road. And that's kind of in a, in a nutshell what it is because it's kind of hard to do all the things you want to do on a street bike on a track day because it's going to be freaking expensive once you roll that thing down the road. Exactly. Um, exactly. You know, you get on these little dirt bikes, things sliding around, it's constantly moving, and you just learn how to react to it. It is physically impossible to come to a four-day camp and not walk away with a boatload of knowledge that, that you can – the rest of your life, you know, you can use. Absolutely. You know, it's, you know, during, what is it? The super pole part of the day. Look, you know, I, yeah. I was not, I was not the fastest. I was possibly, I think there was a, a six year old there that weekend and, and, and that kid was just ripping it. I was not fast, but I think I looked good. According to the pictures, look good. <laughs> and that's and I'm good with that. I'm good with looking good. People ask me, they say, "Black Moses, do you are you fast?" I say, "I can be quick when I need to be, but I have very fast friends, and I'm good with that." So, you know, you want somebody fast? I'll make a phone call. All right, it won't be. There me, you go. I know the guy. Look, Colin, it's time for our Super Bowl questions. We're going to just zing them out for you real quick. And uh, first thing that comes to your mind, it's going to be three questions. All right. And the last one you can take a little bit more time with. But, uh, uh, you know, so here we go. Tupac or Biggie? Oh, 
gosh, do I have to choose? Yes. Uh, it used to be used to be Tupac. Stop playing. Once I saw, okay, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, no, go, go, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. Once you saw what, go ahead. I, I just like Tupac's music. Well, from when I was younger, and, and once I saw the whole story on on the, the movie with Biggie, I was like, "Oh man, I love Biggie. He's he was cool." So I don't know. I'm like torn. I like both of them. You know what's going? I think you just kind of blow anybody listening the fact that Colin Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Well, I didn't, I, I'm not. I wasn't going to say I'm I was going to stump yeah, you I'm there. I'm not East or West Coast, man. I'm right in the middle. Right in the so middle. I can like both of them. Damn it. Okay. Now, 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 now to follow that up with Johnny Cash or Willie Nelson. Ooh, I'm going to have to go Johnny Cash on that one. My man. All right. Good choice. Good choice. And finally, if you could take a ride with anyone, living or dead, present or past, maybe even future, who would you ride with? Where would you ride to? And what would you ride? Take your time. Oh, man. uh, I think I know this one. And it just is the first thing that popped in my head. Um I think it'd be nuts to do a, a lap with Michael Schumacher in a Formula One car. Wow. I don't know. Maybe around Monaco or maybe Monza. I don't know. But somewhere, I think that guy was uh, – he's, he's still with us, but not yeah. in, the, in the form he was. But sure. I just – the things that he did at that time, I think that would be something, uh, something pretty special. Nice, man. That's actually a really good – that's a good answer. That's a really good answer. <laughs> Yeah. So, hey, man, I want to say thank you for your time. I know you're busy out there in Texas. And, uh, you know, I think the next time we'll see each other probably will be Coda. Right. That'll be. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I'll be there. Come uh, come swing my boot camp. Hell, we're only two and a half hours away. Come swing by any time. Yeah, I think I'm going to try to adjust the schedule so that, uh, yeah, we can make that happen. We can make that happen. Brother, is there anything that you want to say or share with the people? Is there anyone you want to give a shout out to, thank you to or homage? Man, I mean, just everybody that makes all this happen, you know, Yamalube and and Arai. And I just signed a deal with Akropovich to be there. Uh, ambassador for the next few years amazing all congratulations the, congratulations yeah. thank you thanks yeah bridgestone all those guys man i mean without without all the help and when we got them all on the, on the boot camp website without it is physically impossible to make that boot camp work without all the help we have and it's just much appreciated well good stuff my brother colin i appreciate you man thank you so much man for everything that you do everything that you have done and everything that you're going to do as a friend and a fan I appreciate you, man. Black Moses appreciates Colin Edwards. <laughs> All right, brother. All right. We'll take care of yourself, Willa. We'll chat with you soon. My next guest and I have been close friends for almost 20 years. He's a motor journalist. He publishes Throttle Life magazine. He's an amazing photographer. Uh, you know, he's more of a brother from another mother to me than a friend, just a friend. He is a good guy. You know, we've, we've gone through so much. <laughs> we've gone through so much. We've seen some amazing things. We've, we've gone on amazing rides and, you know, we've, we've worked together. He's a real, real part of the machine, part of my foundation. Um, He's helped me get to where I am, and he's going to help me continue to go where I am going. Please welcome Mr. Leon Britton. 
Good Lord, have mercy, man! That was a great intro, <laughs> right like there. What's that? happening there, brother? Brother Lane? Everything's good, man. Yo, see, I, I, I thought that you might like that, so I prepared that. Good. You know what I mean? Actually, gracious. I'm, let me keep it one hundred with you. That was straight from the dome. That was straight from the dome. So that's just how I feel about you. I'm gonna keep it one hundred. Yo, that's how I feel about and you, I got, brother. It, yo, and I know, you know, before we get this interview off, you know, to a different track. I got to let you know, you know, it's all mutual. So everything you were saying is completely 100% mutual. Um, when we first met many, 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 many moons ago, you had an impression on me Wait, like stop, you do stop, most stop. people. <laughs> Wait, how many, how many moons was that? That was many, many, many. How many moons? That was a lot of moons. Many, many, many. Many moons. Yeah, many man. Moons. All right. So you were saying, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I mean, I was just saying from the jump, man, you just came across as a real genuine, sincere dude who was about – you know, the community and, and about hustling and, um, you know, regardless of whatever I tried to do to get out, out of your life, because you said people come into your life for reasons and seasons. I've been here and you've been here. So I think we stuck with each other. I'm, and I'm not mad about that. I am not mad about that. Uh, you know, there's there's certain, you know, there's there's blessings upon blessings when you have the right people in your life and the, and the right people that are supporting you. And, you know, as as the circle, the circle gets smaller as the castle gets bigger as as i've heard Amen. someone say you know so uh, what's what's going on with you um you know we we've just for people to know literally we've known each other over 10 years is that accurate? oh my gosh is it easy did you say 15 has it been 15 actually it might be pushing 15 because it's well back before the first um clutch control which was so, in 07 which was in 07 so you're right yeah and yeah, for, and for those, that, those that don't know, Clutch Control is a great, uh, great event in Philadelphia that is it's a motorcycle lifestyle event that has stunt shows, vendors, music, food, celebs. Yes, celebrities, you know, and, celebrities. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to be modest about it because it's an event that I, I see you that are. I, Come that on, I, throw, man. I throw that event, Clutch Control, coming back for 2019. Holla at your boy. So <laughs> But so before twenty, before two thousand and seven, that was the first clutch control in two thousand and seven. So we've known each other since before that. So yeah, man. Yeah. So yeah, we're banging on fifteen, fifteen years. What? Yeah. What? What do you? What do you? I want people to understand who you are, and you know, to say that you are a motorcycle enthusiast. Is a is it's just to say you are only that? That's a disservice. To yeah. say that you are a modal journalist, that's a disservice to you. You are part of the machine, part of the movement, and you're based down in the Maryland DC area, but you are right. global. So what how would you describe your placement in the motorcycle world as we know it today? Well, now that you're going to make me have to actually talk about things that I generally just, you know, keep quiet about. Um, Yeah, I've been doing this for a minute. Been involved in the motorcycle community for well more than 20 years. Um, And more specifically on the the media journalism side for probably about that time, starting way, way, way back in the day, if I may say, from the break of day. Here I go. Oh, oh, Jesus. Now, with a little small, with a little small. Um, help, 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 help me, baby Jesus. Help me, baby Jesus. From way back in the day, if I may say, um, with um, Cycle Dreams. Um, that's where I really got my launch with working with Cycle Dreams way back in the day. And, um, you know, I've been involved in going out on press trips from Harley Davidson 
to Suzuki to Kawasaki. Um, and Cycle, uh, Cycle Dreams was a magazine back in the day, right? That was a, for those who may not know. It was a it was a you know a printed publication, you know, in the mid early two thousands. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, again, so been involved in 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 almost all aspects of it from um, back in the day. I mean, sport bikes um, when Myrtle had his heyday. Yeah. Uh, Myrtle yeah. Beach, um, Atlantic Beach Bike Fest when you were there doing events. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was. Yo, yeah. that was the that was the golden age. That was the gold. Yeah. I I think what it. I think that what that time for the motorcycle industry. And you know what is interesting, not to cut you off, but you know, it's what I do. Um, (laughs) I just had part of this conversation with Jason Britton, another Britton spelled differently, no relation, but equally, (laughs) equally a great brother uh, and a great dear friend of both of ours. Yeah. Shout out to JB. Um, But that time when Myrtle Daytona, uh, just it was a different vibe, and all the events that were happening in between those major events, it really was mm-hmm. a lifestyle that you could really participate and partake in, and just be in of it. You know, and I think that yeah. that's what are your thoughts on that? Like, how you recall? I mean, like you I mean that that kept me young. <laughs> Okay. Just- yeah, you hit the nail on the head. You you coined it. Well, I mean that to me was like was the golden era. I even um, think Ricky, um, Ricky Gadsden. Gass- um, shout out to Ricky Gadsden, big brother Ricky Gadsden. Yeah. He even posted something up about that recently. About you know that period of time was when it was interesting. It was exciting. It was new. Um, and I, I'm not saying that today's industry isn't still doesn't still have some of that flavor and feel just doesn't have that same excitement and energy. You know, some folks have grown up and moved on to different types of genres that they're into, which that's exciting altogether in itself. Um, but back then, maybe it was the fact that it was it was new. Everyone was breaking rules, especially with the custom sport bikes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You could do anything and everything you wanted. The custom bike scene, you know, and I, I think, I, you know, we'd be remiss to say that it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist the way that it did exist then, but it's still it's still here. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. people, you know, I could I, we could start running a laundry list of names of builders and bike customizers. But that time in that in that golden age, that was when I mean it was you saw some, some magical, mythical oh. <laughs> <laughs> things. Everything from there's look from the chromed out to the custom paint jobs to you know to the stacked wheels and just oh my god clear, clear rims I mean anything the molding the custom molding yeah. oh my gosh um, yeah it, it was it was out there and, you know and I feel that now it's you know and, you know shout out to the builders that were if, I, if we start naming one we'll have to name them all and that will that will be the whole episode um that's it right you know but shout out to the ones that are still uh relevant and still grinding and still creating and you know and, and maybe that's part of you know as both of us our journal as journalists maybe part of our job is to continue to shed light on what's still being done yeah. in that aspect and that in that part of our culture and that in that segment of our industry, mm-hmm. we need to make sure that we continue to. So maybe I should get a, make a couple of calls and get a couple of couple of those uh, those cats on I, life in the fast lane. 
Yeah, I think you do. I think give a shout out. Yeah, give a reach back to, um, you know, your, your boys, your people yeah. that can bring some history to this to this life. Because a lot of cats are jumping into this don't really understand the history that has that that's helped to make this industry what it is. I agree. I agree. OK, I'm making a mental note. I'm taking it to test. Yeah. Yes. But what about we talk? We're talking about history a little bit. Let's let's talk a little bit more about you know where your you know where where your vibe really where your strength really came, uh, particularly in your home base in your neck of the woods, uh, the D.C., Maryland, the Delaware area. If I'm not mistaken, like let's talk about yeah. what's yeah. what what what's what's that life about. So, um. Well, to help explain that, so when I first you know, kind of get started in the in the industry, I was doing a lot of manufacturer sponsored trips, press trips, you know, doing things beyond just the 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 home front. And in doing so, I feel like I was missing. I felt like I was missing out on what was actually making the community tick, and that was the community, the people. So I wanted to start including more of the community related activities into my. Um, into my media coverage. And and from that point, man, I was just encapsulated and blown away with so many positive things that were going on with the outreach efforts from the at the MCs, you know, that often get looked down upon. I mean, and even the independent riders that join some of the, the, the outreach rides and, and, and so forth. Yeah. So from that point, yeah, yeah. I really started focusing on more of community focus more than manufacturers, you know, related. And that took me all through DC, Maryland, Virginia, um, you know, your neck of the woods to a degree in, in Delaware, some phenomenal things that were just taking place. Okay. And, and, and what you mentioned something in that, you know, you talk, when you talk about the MCs, the motorcycle clubs, that's a community within our community that, and as you said, they often get, such a bad rap, but it was their outreach to the community at large to helping the motorcycle clubs were helping communities that weren't in the motorcycle community. So when you talk about outreach, they were reaching out to those yeah. who needed and really serving, serving the community. So that's right. your, again, that's another, that's another note that they got such a bad rap, but they were doing mm-hmm. such great things. And that's great that, so, you know, you saw that and said, okay, how can I shed a light on that? Yeah. I think one of the biggest things that, um, that I became aware of was, if I may say it, jump throw them out there, um, Baltimore black tigers and their of course, um, shout out, pajama, shout out to black tigers. Shout out. Yeah. Their pajama jammy, jammy jam. I mean, Ooh. a lot of people <laughs> see, that's the reaction. They see? Get. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the infamous for that. Um, but, you know, God rest his soul, um, you know, rest in peace, Keith. Um, when I was doing my first interview with him and um, Nasty Nev, he wanted to make sure that people knew the amount of effort that went into putting on the party. And it wasn't just about the party. He wanted to make sure that folks that I communicate, oh my gosh, he was dead serious about this. He said, no, look, the party's a party, but we need to make sure that you you also throw out the fact that we raise money for five charities and wow. I can't tell you how many wow. years that has been going strong and I've been happy and blessed to, to continue to support it by putting that out there so wait a minute and, so and that's, now, I didn't know I didn't know that 
that the oh yeah the yeah black toddlers pajama jammy jam party was a charity event and they donated funds to five different charities five different charities the big the big gaddy um a food and shelter foundation um then there's the um uh, Girl Scouts, I believe. There's also the um, cancer drive, prostate cancer, which wow. not to say wow. that all the other forms aren't relevant, but not a lot of folks would help throw light on prostate cancer. That's something that they also raise money for. And also in several years, they've maxed out and hit records of um, blood donation. They also do a blood donation drive. And again, those are the things that don't always get light but that's what the party helps to support. Right. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Now, now yeah. You mentioned Keith. You mentioned Keith. And, uh, rest in peace. Ride in peace. Uh, now, yes, was Keith the, who was he in the Black Tigers? Keith was um, one of the founding members and um, presidents. So, and unfortunately, um, you know, he, he's now riding in heaven um, about a year and a half ago. So, um, but the party still continues and not just the party, but the tradition still continues. And that's just one of several examples. Um, if I may just keep on rambling. Please, please um, ramble on, brother. Ramble on. Here locally, right here in D.C., um, uh, folks with um, Two Wheel Life Radio. Love you guys. Um, Shout out to Two Wheel. Yeah, they, they do a, um, a Goon Life giveaway that takes place on thanks for Thanksgiving, a Thanksgiving drive and a Christmas toy drive and man I can't tell you the, the the vibe that comes out of that when you got so many different riders independents and MCs coming together to help support um, the, the, this charity and and they take the the, the food and the toys that are um, donated and give them directly to the community so it's not going through some third party source what's collected there's a ride that goes straight to the community. You see the, the smiles and the faces, and it's, it's just phenomenal what That's they're doing beautiful. over there. <laughs> yeah. That is beautiful. Yeah. What is, yes. uh, what, what do you consider a, a staple of, of our community? Do you know what oh, I mean? Wow. Right? Yeah, I hit you. I hit you with that one. <laughs> a staple of a community. Yeah. Um, wow. I would almost have to say, not unless we're being a person, but like a passion for this. If that's an answer, a passion for this. There are a lot of people that come in and out of this this industry and this life that get fascinated by, you know, the glitz and the glamour of that that allure of being a biker with the leather and the two wheels and sometimes the stunts. They realize, oh shit, this is this is not a game. This is this is this is serious. It's a, it's real. It's not a movie. It's real life. And no, you, it's not a movie. And that's you know what. And that's why I asked that question was because they're in our tenure of of this of this you know this life. I've seen and I know if I've seen it, you've seen it. A plethora. I said a plethora. A plethora. A plethora. <laughs> okay. A plethora of people. <laughs> Riders that, you know, they come and go, you know, they're here for maybe one season and mm-hmm. the, or I remember there was one, it was seemed like two summers back to back. There were at least 20 new clubs that just, I mean, just, oh my gosh. and you know what, pop-ups. with, with pop-ups and no disrespect and much love to all maximum effort. <laughs> 
but there was no sense of ah, authenticity. Thank you. Thank you. There was no sense of they didn't seem organic. And you touched on the the feeling of they were enamored with the glitz, the glamour, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. what it felt like to look like. A biker, <laughs> okay. And they were in. They were in love with the feeling of what it looked like. <clears throat> but when it things got real, and I'm not talking about anything derogatory or anything uh, nefarious. I'm saying when things got real, when real life struggles occurred, it was okay. Well, I'm going to put that away, and I'm just going to go back to my everyday life. And in oh, the real life, the real life struggles could simply be the. Wow, you know, uh, the, the effing dangers that we ah, face. Every- you almost dropped that F bomb. I'm sorry, I got a little upset it's when we came there. But, man, but that's passion. This, that's this, passion, brother. That's this passion. Is, this is serious. I mean, every single time we jump on our, our on our scoots, I mean, we are putting our lives at risk. Because this is what we love to do. And the lighthearted people that are fascinated by it don't understand that when you get on your bike, Folks in occasions don't really care about you. They look at you thinking, hold up, I can jump in front of you as quickly as you can jump in front of me. Now, there are some of those of us, myself included at points in life, that you know don't help the cause by the way that we might ride around. But overall, I mean, I think that's one wake up. That's one reality wake up call to other folks that aren't, you know, passionate about this. Like, yo, you know what? I almost got hit today. I'm going to put this bike away and put away this vest and, you know, just go back to my everyday life. Right. And you know what? If that's what they feel they need to do and, you know, in order to prolong their lives or to be happy and, you know, hey, God bless them all. It's all good. Yeah. It's just interesting that, you know, when we talk about you and I who have serious seat time, serious seat time um, Mm -hmm. in this. And I don't want to call it the game, you know, seat time in the game. To me, to us, it's not a game. It is. It's the the same as breathing. It's the same as breathing. And when I see people who come and go, you know, I often wonder, you know, what if they would have just hung in there? What Mm -hmm. if they would have just hung in there just for a little bit or maybe reached out to another rider and say, hey, you know what? That's it. You feel me? What if they would have just reached out and said, I'm dealing with this right now. I, you know, how do I get over? How do I overcome? How do I deal? How do I persevere? How do I triumph? And the wonderful thing about the community, and again, like I've never been in a motorcycle club ever, but right. I love my friendships with the clubs that I'm friends with. I love what I consider, and you know, if if I'm considered an ambassador of goodwill in the motorcycle community, and I'm say well, so. Well, thank you, thank you, brother. <laughs> but and if that allows me, uh, you know, access to events and 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 the goodness of the community and all the positive vibes. I feel that those riders, maybe they hung up their vest just a little bit too early because the community that I know and love and that, you know, I see and hang out with and participate and go on rides with and, and, and as not a member, they are some of the most helpful people. Oh my gosh. Ever. Yeah. And if, so if I'm saying anything, if we are saying anything is that if anyone's, if, if there's a rider who's listening to this podcast and maybe, you know, if we're, if we're hitting a nerve, please reach out to another member of the community 
if you are having struggles and see if they can help you get to that next, you know, help you get to that next level to get through what you're going through. And there's, there's such a wealth of information right here in the community that, you know, there's almost no reason why we shouldn't be sharing the do's and the don'ts, the what to look out for us so that we can help these new riders so that maybe they can continue to, you know, let their, 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 their passion continue to grow and flourish. Edu- again, education. Yeah. Yeah. Each one, teach one. Don't let me get on my soapbox. And you know what? I know you want to this. You want to interview me, but we having a conversation, so I'm gonna throw it back on you. That's one thing I love about what you've been doing throughout uh-huh. your days in this industry. I mean, with with Thank clutch you. control. I mean, clutch control has not only been entertainment, but it's been educational. What you're doing when you launch Sport Bike Inc. Oh my gosh, that that publication right there crosses all all types of genres right there. Right, thank so, you. you know, kudos to you for doing that. I appreciate and, that. And, and you've got a unique mix of being street, corporate, and race. That's something that no other publication I, I've ever seen do before. So, and you continue with it. Oh, bro, bro thank you so much, brother. Yeah, it's, again, it's not about me. It's not about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Sport Price Inc. Magazine is the joint, though. That's www.sportpriceinc.com. <laughs> Dot com. Thank you very much. But, listen, listen. We're talking about you know. Thank you for that for that nod. But let's give you another nod. Let's talk about throttle life. Let's talk about throttle no. life because that okay. you know. Let, let the people <sighs> talk about it. Let the people know about throttle life and. All right. So so like, again, like you, you know, years years of experience and yada yada yada. Um, you can't. You seen- can yada 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 that. <laughs> so you know, after working with different publications, again, to me, Cycle Dreams was the one that that kicked it all off for me. Spent some time working on a few other nationally publication, public, yeah, nationally, yeah, published magazines, and I felt like they were missing the community. It was completely all about the bikes. You know, I would go out and do a few, um, few interviews and photo shoots, and you know, submit the articles like, hey, but what about the yeah, they were just missing that key element of the people, the painters, the builders. Right. To me, right. that's what makes the bike. You can, you can have a beautiful bike all you want, but what about the story that got that bike where it is, especially the theme bikes? So, got gotcha, just those magazines started folding left and right. So I thought, you know what, this is my time to go ahead and jump off with um, Throttle Life. So Throttle Life, I get down with all types of bikes and, and I really want to keep it about the community. It's a struggle. Oh Lord Jesus. It, it's, it's <laughs> to keep doing this. And, and it really truly is a labor of love, but I can't help it. I can't stop. Won't stop. Can't stop. Won't stop. Uh-uh, uh-uh. But yeah. listen, so you funny. So listen, so throttle life for those, I mean, give it a little bit more detail. It's a publication. Yeah. It's a publication, yeah. correct? And and what's what's the what's the timing of it? So we're, we're um, primarily um, electric on uh, digital base. Okay. Um, I do put out a year year review, which is also a year to look forward to magazine once a year. That's digital. That comes out right around February March. So the purpose of that year review, looking ahead, that captures what happened the previous year to a degree. And then it sets the stage for all the new events that are coming up in that coming year, as well as industry news. I don't want to get too far away from that because, you know, we've got to stay industry related. True. Uh, True. Yeah, but 
you know, definitely digital base. And I have done a few print copies just to test the waters and see what it's, you know, see what that's like. Um, the industry is really going towards digital. So that's one reason why I'm sticking with that. But I know that the audience still like having some a hard copy in our hand. So um, yeah. now that's coming up and you said we're coming up on that February, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's, yeah. What's the, website? what's the website? Website is throttlelife.com, Instagram, Facebook, at Throttle Life, as well as Twitter. Okay. And I got to say, what, some of the perks that, that's come along with this has been going out on some um, press trips and, and meeting some notables. Um, one of my favorite press trips um, I th- that I went on, okay, that's too hard. <laughs> it was <laughs> top. <laughs> was um, going out on a 2008. Um, Busa High um, Suzuki High Busa launch that was phenomenal. Okay. Um, a man yeah. JB Jason Britton he was there back in his day with um, the show he had yeah, on yeah. Speed. Remember Speed? Remember oh, the right, Speed bro. Network, bro? <laughs> you recall those Two Wheel Tuesday, bro? Do you remember? And shout you remember out to, that? Listen, shout out. That's you know what Two Wheel Tuesday for me is the same. I get the same feelings about Two Wheel Tuesday, or the memory of Two Wheel Tuesday, as I do for Saturday morning cartoons. I cannot you're lie. Just, <laughs> the same thing. Like, you get okay. like, excited. Like, I here it is. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, God, shout out to really anybody good. that remembers Two Wheel Tuesday and just, you know, that, again, that's part of our heritage. That's part of the golden age of our industry, if you want to say. Yeah. It's really, you just, dude, if you can see me smiling right now. I'm smiling too. (laughs) Well, well, wait until you hear this one, though. And I know you got a real-time relationship with this dude. I'm about to drop name real quick. Um, Also, another fun memory was um, going, or experience, I should say, because I make it seem like it's over. Um, Another cool experience was going out on a couple press trips with um, this this, this guy named Tyson Beckford. The first one we did was with Yamaha. Yeah, 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 you're bro. Big so bro. We went Shout out, out to Ty. Yeah. I see you, bro. What up? So um, the first one, he gonna he gonna say, "I told you so." If you and you know, hears this when he hears this. Um, the first one we did, you know, it was just a Yamaha one. We met up in New York. It was just to um, introduce the new R1 back in the day for that one. Then we connected again with Harley Davidson. And on this Harley Davidson trip, it was for um, the National Bikers Roundup. Oh my gosh, that's also another one of my favorite events that I love going out for because it's absolutely positively the community, down home community. Beautiful. But nonetheless, Beautiful. you know, we, we went out and did a, did a quick little test ride on a couple of bikes just to get out and see what it's like. And I'm thinking to myself, man, this this dude right here, he, he's one of these um, show riders. You know, he you know he poses for pictures, mm. man. We was on some back roads in Kansas. Or I better say Kansas City before I, you know, get hurt. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, get it right. Yeah. So we go around these corners, and then all of a sudden he touched down and dips and pulls away from like, oh, this 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 dude knows how to ride. Okay. So my much respect for him increased. Then, then we had an opportunity where we hooked up with Kawasaki, and we went out um on the track. Dang. Oh. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, that um, Ricky, Ricky G was there. Okay, um, Jason, all the folks were just showing out, including him. I like, all right, 
much respect for this man because he is a real rider. He's not just one of these dudes that's going to pose. So, um, you know much what? Respect for him. You know, and I yeah. think, I know, you know, Tyson will appreciate that. I mean, I've, a lot of people, you know, you know, we could, you know, of course, I'm going to have him on Life in the Fast Lane eventually from his if he has time from his busy, busy schedule. But again, yeah. that's one of the joys that you and I have is the opportunity to travel and meet people and build friendships, relationships with mm-hmm. these people that, you know, again, that's how our community grows. And just for the record, just let people know, because I know Tyson will appreciate the fact that he's a real writer. So don't, a, yeah, don't let the good looks of the brother fool you. That dude can ride. I can tell you, listen, I can tell you nights about Tyson and I leaving Manhattan, going through the Lincoln Tunnel, and just, just getting it in at like 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. I can tell you See? stories See? of things that we did on two wheels. I can tell you things, but I won't. Speak on it. No. Speak on it. <laughs> well, well, but you know, it's you know, it's 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 this is the life that we have, and you know, I tell people my worst day in this industry, few and far between, but my worst day in this industry is better than my best day anywhere else. When any any right. other, any job that I had prior to being in the motorcycle industry. It pales yeah. in comparison. Pales in comparison. I mean, it 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 it's got its ups and its downs, but like you hit the nail on the head with that one. I mean, the the worst day is better than any great day somewhere else because you're still doing what you really love to do and enjoy doing. And, and again, beyond just you know some of the opportunities and experience to um, to bump up with some of the celebs and personalities. Again, it's a community, man. Just going out to different events and just feeling the love and seeing smiles and what's up, how you doing, the camaraderie. And that, that also just keeps me driving. It actually really, truly reinvigorates me because, again, you can can't, you kind of burn yourself out doing this. Yeah. But just seeing the smile sometimes, like, all right, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing what I like to do. What's next for you? I'm about to go to sleep after we finish here. <laughs> <laughs> you old man. You just an old man. <laughs> Well, so what's next? Um, Daytona. Are you, are you doing Daytona? Are you doing any MotoGP, Moto America races? I mean, there's Austin. Now, and I got to put MotoGP on my map, man. It's, I, I, it's pause, been too many years. Pause, I've missed pause, out pause, on. Pause. Yeah. I mean, when's the last one? Of wait, wait a minute. Hold on. Just put a pause on for a second. Are you saying the last Uh-oh. time you've been to a MotoGP race? Was Don't do it. I'm going to say Indianapolis. Don't say it. I'm, I just, I, I, I'm sorry. I just did. Are you saying yeah, that you haven't yeah. been to Austin yet for GP? I haven't been to Austin. I got to say um, Indy was my last experience and I just haven't. It's always been a schedule conflict one way or another. So between you trying to get me to go between um, uh, some of the manufacturers trying to get me to go between um, Rob, Ron Toys trying to get me to go. I just haven't been. It's always been a schedule conflict. But I will tell you this on this podcast. I will get to Austin as long as you, since, you know, that's your home, um, MotoGP. Yes. You got to help yes. show me around. Listen, let me tell you something, man. You, you, you got a deal. I'm telling you that, you know, you will come to Austin and have a ball courtesy of your brother. Mr. Black Moses. All right. Now, look, we have the annual 
Sport Bikes Inc. Magazine MotoGP Jump Off Party event on Friday night every year. And that mm. is the event that sets the tone. I said it. That event sets the tone <laughs> for the weekend. Okay? So you will come to Austin. You will partake and, and indulge and, 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 <laughs> and, and have a wonderful time. Okay? You're going to hang out with your boy and you're going to meet new yeah. friends and, and see motorcycles and they're going to go real fast. Zoom, zoom. That's all we need. That's fast all. motorcycles and people. That's it right there. Beautiful. So, cool. Listen, um, I, I got to... I, I'm sorry, go ahead. You were talking about you going to say Daytona? Go for it. This is your show right here. I'm just a, oh, I'm just a squirrel trying to get... But... <laughs> silly. <laughs> Listen, are you coming to Daytona? Are you, gonna, are you doing Daytona this year? Daytona's on the list. There might be enough. It's, it's, it's slight schedule conflict that might prevent me. Okay. But every single time I say that, I always find a way to make it happen with every single event because at you know last minute, like... I got to be there. I need to go. And, you know, and I do need to say that, though, like there was a point where I felt like I needed to be everywhere all the time. Right. And you know, that certainly causes a degree of burnout. So now I'm a little bit more cautious with events that I not just cautious, just you know, looking at the events that I go to um, carefully. Daytona is the big granddaddy of events. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't want to miss out on that one. And we know how we do down in Daytona. So I don't want to miss that. We do. (laughs) And I got out to Sturgis this year. Oh man. Sturgis. Yeah. You've done Sturgis, right? It's been too long again. Same thing. Once again, there's so much stuff that I will show you. Sturgis has really, and I have to say this, Sturgis, people know that people that know me know that I'm a rather large Black <laughs> Okay. So, so they don't say, say that. Black, Black Moses is not just a name, okay? <laughs> but it's Day, Daytona, Sturges, uh, any of those events where you would think that primarily those of a fairer skin tone, that it's there, mm. you know, I, I can clearly say that in all my experiences, in all my travels, to these locations, particularly with Sturgis, it's not about anything other than your bike. And and, right. and I, and you know what that was? I've been I've gone several years in a row. I'll be going again this year, but it really has become part of my calendar year that I look forward to because it's dude. It's just about the bike. So anybody about- out there that's had any reservations, thinking, oh, that's not for us. It's for them. If you ride a bike, it's it's for you. So it's yeah, yeah. Hey, and, and if you don't mind me jumping in oh, on that note, oh, I know you're gonna say something. I'm just gonna say it real you know, quickly. Um, like piggybacking on what you said and what you also do with I guess tying in the industry unintentionally, but intentionally, but unintentionally. <laughs> um, there's also another event that's that's going on in the um, the bagger industry, if I may say. Please, I'm um, with Sound Off, the Sound Off series. Sound Off series, yes. Man, that that one event right there. I mean, there it, it does a phenomenal job bringing together polarizing cultures from opposite ends of the spectrum to just simply enjoy the camaraderie and have fun. 
yeah, there's some serious competition and trash talking going on in there. Of course. But it's it, it's just one of those events now that I also um, you know, add it to my to my list of must goes must attend. And that's a series that runs up and down the East Coast, right? Up and down the East Coast, and this year um, they are adding Texas. Wow. So they're going out west. Expanding. Yeah. I like. Yeah. I love that. I love the culture is expanding. It's growing. And, you know, just, just taking the love of motorcycles in all shapes, sizes, and sounds yeah. to yeah. that, you know, I, to the people. And you don't always experience that. And I'll throw this out also. Um, this past, yeah, last year, 2018, was Harley Davidson's um, 1 and 15th anniversary. And the vibe that I got when I went out to Milwaukee, it was nice. It was cool. It just didn't have that complete inclusive vibe that it once had mm. back during the 110th anniversary, or even the 105th anniversary. So it felt like I, maybe it's the leadership that's going on in the country right now, but it didn't have that complete inclusive vibe that I, I was looking forward to again until I went to one of their local um Bagger audio competitions from um oh my gosh she's gonna kill me right now huh. I'm gonna come back to the name um that right there again you, you got cultures that are mixing together and it was just bombshell baggers there we go okay and okay. When I got there, it, it was just beautiful so I love how sound is really playing a part music and, and trying to help blend these communities together so again big shout out to um the sound off series music and motorcycles. <laughs> Blend in the culture. Yeah. All right, listen. And, uh, go ahead. Throw it back to you real quick. Yeah. Because you're going to cut me off. Throw it back to you with the um, education and entertainment with Clutch Control. I'm done. You funny, dude. <laughs> listen, brother, we got to talk real quick about, real quick, real, real quick, real slow, as you wish. What's in your garage right now? What are you riding right now? <laughs> Damn. That's right. Uh, I'm all in your I, business. Yeah, man, I've been fortunate. So I won't start off by saying this. I say this by not trying to boast by no means at all. I've been fortunate to have, um, I've got a um, 04 black on black um, Yamaha R1 stretch, you know, custom that I I love. I know it's an old bike, but Black Beauty still looks like a beast. I know Um, that bike. She's a beautiful machine. Beautiful machine. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I've got a, a Harley Davidson 48 that I love scooting around on town with. And I've been fortunate to pick up a Harley Davidson, a 28, 2008 Harley Davidson um, anniversary edition road glide, which that's my big Bertha right there. <laughs> big Bertha, big B. And, that's, yes. and does that complete the garage? Does that complete the stable today? Like as it as it sits today, that's what it's looking like? Yes, if you don't count the little the ATVs the kids have and the dirt bikes the kids have, that completes the stable for today. Now, <laughs> who knows what's coming up this year? So, yeah, okay, all right. Now, brother, you know we have to get into what I call uh, it, it's it's the qualifying portion of the segment where I'm going to ask you basically maybe two or three questions, and you can just rapid fire. You know, you cool with that? You good to go with that? Let it rip. All right, my man. Tupac or Biggie? Tupac. Wow. Wow. Okay. (laughs) I mean, look, Tupac's cool, man. I love his style, his creative energy. I also love how Tupac was a little bit more uh, enduring, a little bit more um, 
vulnerable in, in some of his lyrics. Um, yeah, Tupac, no okay. doubt. Okay, all right. Sport bike or cruiser? Damn you. Yeah. Between my babies? That's sport right. bike or cruiser? Make a oh, choice. Sport cruiser. <laughs> you know oh, what? Man. Hey, I'll take that. I'll take that because because really, it's an, man, listen, I, it can that can be an unfair question, you know? Because I have both, you know. So I know, you know, I know it yeah. depends on what mood you're in, what, what the weather's doing, and what you what kind of ride you want to get into. If you want to do something man. a little bit more spirited, or if you wanted to chill, I got you. This just when I, when I jump on my R one, I, I man, my soul is just lit on fire. When I jump on um, the road glide, it's a whole nother persona that has like, oh, I can just relax and enjoy this now. Okay. All right. Okay. Last last question. If you could take a ride with anyone, and I mean anyone, living or dead, who would you ride with? Where would you go? And what would you be riding? Oh, wow. That's a great yeah. question. That's right. Love. Um... There's so many people I love to choose from. Um, the one dude that pops to my mind immediately would have to be um, local news anchor Jim Vance, who passed away a couple of years ago. Okay. And the reason why I say Jim, oh, and we 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 hit the um, PCH, mm. you know, head out to California. Yes. He'd be on his road glide. Yes. I'd be on mine. Uh, and the reason why I say Jim Vance is because growing up around here in the D.C. area. Um, watching him on the news, to me, he it, beyond my dad and then Donnie Simpson, who was a local radio DJ, mm-hmm. um, Jim Vance to me was the epitome of, epitome of cool. He showed me that you can be a successful newscaster, black newscaster, with an, rocking an air ring and, and still be credible um, and still also be real. I used to enjoy watching him. I mean, here I am like a, a 10-year-old kid watching the news and looking at this dude do his thing. Yeah. And then when I found out that he was a rider, I'm like, yeah, this is it. So, um, yeah, my, my my dream ride would be to hook up with Jim and we would just, you know, hit the PCH and just enjoy, this, enjoy the ride. Nice, man. Nice, man. Brother, nice. I, I always love talking with you, hanging out with you and spending time with you, you know, and I think – People listening to this will truly appreciate that this was not really a an interview, or this was just no. two really good friends <laughs> catching up, man. just catching up and chopping it up. And uh, you know, and I actually, you know, I will be in your neck of the woods in a shoe for uh, a short few, a short few weeks for <laughs> the international, the, yeah, the IMS show, the International Motorcycle Show. Uh, oh. I'll be there. Sport Bikes Inc. We'll have a booth set up, and we'll be down there supporting, uh, you know, the IMS tour, which is a great tour. We're really happy to yeah. be back with those guys. So, uh, you know, you and I, I'm sure we we always find a way to do what we do, and I see no reason see. why this year we won't be doing what we do as we do what we do. Okay? Let's do it again, man. Let's do it again. I'm glad you give me a heads up so I can start taking my vitamins to keep up with your energetic ass. <laughs> You should have never gave me so much sugar. <laughs> Listen, bro, anybody you want to say hello to, shout out, anybody you want to say thanks to? Um, let me just say thanks to the entire community for accepting me and allowing me to invade your your events, um, your lives with, with this camera and with this, these questions. Um, and let me say, DMV, I love you. Absolutely. Thank you for the support throughout the years. I don't say it enough. Um 
that I do. Uh, DMV industry, appreciate your support. Keeps me going. Yo, Leon, brother, it's been a pleasure and an honor. Thank you so much for your time, man. And I'll see you soon, man. Real soon. Sooner sooner than later. Appreciate you, homie. That wraps up our show for this week. You know, from the bottom of my heart, I sincerely want to thank you all so much for listening to Life in the Fast Lane. This was our first episode and there's so much more coming. There's so much more coming. There's so many more guests and so many more experiences. There's so many more things that we're going to talk about and cover in Life in the Fast Lane. So I, I really urge you to please follow the show on Instagram at Life in the Fast Lane Official. Check us out on Twitter at L-I-T-F-L Official. And on Facebook, check us out at Life in the Fast Lane Podcast. Please hit that like, share, and subscribe button and make sure that you check us out on the next episode of Life in the Fast Lane. I'm out! This is a Landry Football with Chris Landry. Quick Fix on Radio Influence. In no scenario did I ever anticipate this to be a blowout. Certainly not a blowout in Clemson's favor. What a tremendous performance. I thought the game plan defensively by Brent Venables and Clemson was extraordinary. I thought they did a good job masking their pressures and really causing a lot of problems for Tua. The protections weren't properly set. Tua was rattled. Tua had some pre-designed areas where he wanted to go with the football. And then post-snap, didn't make proper adjustments that's not all that uncommon because that is something that we've seen a little bit with two he's still a very young quarterback and making reads is not something that you learn you know in a season or you know it is a growing process the difference is as opposed to most games in which he's played where he was able to get away with it and with superior talent to be able to get away and make big plays you're facing a really good Clemson defensive front that caused a whole lot of problems. It was the difference in the game, no question about it, uh, on that side of the football. It caused a lot of problems for Alabama. And once Alabama got down in the game, they no longer can effectively stay committed to the run and work the passing game off the run. See, that's the difference with Alabama. Even though we talk about Tua and throwing it, they are a run-first team that you have to defend the run first. And they their success in the passing game comes as a byproduct of their, their run game. And without the run, without being able to stay committed to it, it was a problem. Chris Landry brings you Landry Football every week on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and, of course, RadioInfluence.com.